I'm back. I'm back properly this time, as in a full entry, the kind I had intended to make for two weeks now. So I'd like to just explain why that is, uh, that it's been so long. Uh, two weekends ago, I was up north visiting my parents, and I'd begun an entry there. Uh, I'd written quite a long um, piece that I was reading from that I thought was very interesting, <laughs> but I, it was a bit too interesting to me at that point, in that I it was it was too long and reading from that combined with everything else that i was covering the whole entry was just too long the subject was relating to um politics not so much political leanings or anything like that but more my thoughts on the relationship between uh politics and creativity in the eastern terms of um, what I do and why why it could be said that I take a relatively apolitical game, exactly what my thoughts were on that and, and not really not sinking into anything politically charged, the kind of stuff that we're all probably more than familiar with hearing discourse about at the moment. But it was long. Um, and I decided, moving into the following week, that it was best for another time. There are other things afoot, other things to talk about, and uh, it, it would be better to just keep things more dialed in and simpler, really. So that was what happened to that week's one, and then the following week, uh, Right, so it's Saturday now, so it was earlier this week. Oh no, it was the end of last week. So yeah, the following last week, end of last week, I recorded another one. Um, totally new, uh, basically the same one that I'm going to read, uh, that I'm essentially redoing now. Um, <laughs> the problem is I found a new format for doing it. Um, just a, a new bit of software to allow me to jump between the kind of format you're seeing now, which is just a webcam on me and my desktop so I could talk through some images of artwork and uh, more recent video pieces I made and all that kind of stuff, which is sensible. It's, um, it's, it's the way to take this really, given that it's there's gonna be more and more visual material and audio material to reference it, it being what it is. Um, and yeah, but for some reason the format decided, well, it, just by default it was recording at 4K, um, 60 frames per second, which that doesn't mean anything to anyone. It's a lot, very, very big file sizes and the computer just um, overloaded without me being aware that it was it was 
recording at this this huge this huge um file whatever you call it uh so ultimately there was like an evening of trying to convert the video because the lips lip sync was all out and it all looked a bit odd it turned out that there was actually there was just like about 10 minutes worth of audio that was completely missing it was gone so it was fucked uh, and then this week transpired which was very busy as normal and i just hadn't been able to uh, do another one um in fact you catch me now on the brink of about about to do finish off a big clear out that I started a few days ago. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, weekends have been the only time to do these at, uh, recently, and because of the technical issues last week, it's gone. So, what I'm going to do with this one to make sure that I don't run into that technical issue again is I'm going to stop this a few times and start it again starting now. So in this section um, I'm going to shortly uh, briefly explain how from the recent lull um, I've evaluated um, the future for this format and exactly how it's kind of going to change from here. A few things as uh, aesthetically to begin with um, you'll see uh, one change in this entry, um, which I described previously with having screen records so I can play video, show images and have audio uh, running alongside or instead of uh, just this setup. Um, I'm going to look into getting a proper background behind me for, uh, just make that look a bit neater. As I said before, I'm in the process of clearing a load of shit out today anyway, so the space doesn't look um, as tidy as it could anyway. Um, but yeah, needless, needless to say, there's another interesting point, I think, just on the end of that. As I said before, why I do this as a means of uh, self-accountability and um, whether or not people are tuning into this now or at a later date um, uh, this this is genuinely incidental to me as far as I'm concerned the, the process of making this publicly accessible is a means for accountability to develop continue continue to develop these skills in communication in presentation and communication uh, somewhat kind of polishing up on um, things that I'd already learned and had gone some way to uh, absorb a few years ago when I when I trained in uh, NLP and in uh, public speaking and also in light of having done the MA and lots of presentations there and kind of missing that sense of practice to just um, deliver my thoughts and ultimately justify 
what I'm doing as well as explaining what I'm doing and where it's going. I think that's something that's quite valuable, particularly for fine artists, and unfortunately not something I notice in most in 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 all artists that I've uh, come across. Um, I think a lot of people lack having or or establishing signifying any kind of clear direction in terms of what they're talking about. I'm guilty of that as well, and that's that's one point that I'm another reason why I'm doing this, but uh, I think putting it out there in one format or another to just necessitate to oneself uh, why you're doing what you're doing, uh, how you justify it to yourself as much as anyone else, and how you reason that is extremely valuable, most especially for me now as I have at least two but probably three presentations, public presentations that I'll be doing next year relating to my art. One is part of an MA alumni uh, event. So there may you know there may be a few old uh, colleagues there. Uh, and the other two one is relating to an installation, and yeah, I can go into all of, all of those events closer to the time. Um, yeah, so so that is that is essentially that. But I think uh, much as I want to stress the point, particularly as I've been reading plenty of books and material about it recently, that. Um, I do value the the point of of presence and mindfulness and remaining as present as possible in the moment. However, I do not think that um, is uh, plays against the point of setting yourself a clear target and and communicating that well as much as you communicate anything else in what you're saying having some kind of evident or desired end game or direction to remain present while moving toward is a point I really want to emphasize and one that I feel unfortunately sometimes lacks in other areas uh, but not not here not not as far as I'm concerned this is where I'm going to be reading from the previous bit of text that I wrote. As I might have said uh, a few weeks ago, that was a new um, trend I wanted to cultivate and keep up on every entry, which we'll read in a second. And incidentally, uh, given all the reformatting and, and, and many other factors aside, these entries, these overall entries, like what I'm doing now, will start to get shorter. I realised the last couple were around the 30-something minute mark and part of the, the challenge to oneself is to is to cut that back. And actually, the more uh, other logistics in life kind of free up a bit in my favour, which they are slowly doing, um, I can be looking at making shorter, more concise entries very clear on each one of them, 
as to what they are, why I'm doing them, why I'm making them available. And uh, so maybe, maybe looking at two a week, I don't know, we shall see, but that's kind of where this is heading now. And on that note, to read some notes or thoughts on identity. So, a recent, very brief conversation, which most conversations have been uh, last week, given time constraints, uh, has, has nonetheless prompted me to contemplate my current art projects through a potentially topical lens of identity as in the process of cultivating or amending self-identity in negotiation with approximated identity and how much of it of that is external or internal. A simple example of this um, that would be familiar to most people is that of male and female distinctions and that of sex. I haven't the time right now to dive into those subjects, uh, I, but I made my first attempt to in an essay quite early on during my um, during my MA that was attempting uh, emphasis on attempting to distinguish the dysfunctional applications of masculinity and femininity from the functional ones, uh, with or without their biological associations and all of that stuff which which is just um as you can imagine is is a pretty big topic to unpack and i discovered then very quickly how uh, volatile an area that is to inquire in and the reasons for that prompts a whole other matter for discussion perhaps at another time my focal point here is considering how approximations we may fall into or put ourselves into ultimately enable effective communication and the word communication as far as I'm concerned here is inexchangeable or exchangeable rather with art. The thing I'm describing seems to illustrate to me a cyclical process of human endeavour where we must approximate ourselves and each other in some manner, with some subtle, ambiguous wiggle room ever present, in order, in order to interact better, and so in that some subtle, uh, in that uh, in that shared experience that's created, there is a transcendence of some of those individual approximations that we carry. This immediately makes me reflect on all my uh, favourite memories of, of music, of visual art, of, of any kind of films. You get the idea. That's the kind of transcendence I'm referring to. I think we probably regard the moments in life we feel most connected with others or uh, and transcendent of these things in that way as the ones, as the moments with little or no actual dialogue. Uh, but I think for the most part, it is our 
performative endeavours to exploit this resource of evolving approximations that we have to hand, whilst maintaining the connections we can with our here and now. Mindful. And that, that enables the more intimate, uh, the more transcendent experiences to take place one way or another, whatever, uh, whichever ones they, they are. Again, this immediately reflects on any uh, memorable piece of creativity or performance as well. And again, I believe it is that same performative in endeavour for cultivating any relationship, uh, personal, professional, romantic, sexual, social, the lot, um, that is equally essential. So what would be the end game to what I'm writing here today? I don't believe there is one, and therefore simply I simply replicate that cycle in talking about it. While I choose to practice a state of, of mindfulness, or, or aspire to, in the now, I am aware of the transcendent rewards out there that I pursue to be obtained or earned, and so likewise I am equally aware that this contemplation must continue. I hope, favourably, running endless circles around now. And because, uh, I ended there because, on the word because, because I realised that that could then, that sentence could then continue to the beginning, the first sentence of the first paragraph. So what I'm actually doing there, other than just writing down a kind of um, general uh, trail of thoughts, as I normally would, is actually an idea I remember toying around with uh, during my BA in Brighton um, when I learned about nested loops, uh, which is a kind of an NLP hypnotherapy term for telling one story inside another, inside another. But the whole idea of looping as well is quite interesting because you can you can be talking about something and yet continue all the way around. And the whole idea of endless continuation is going to be quite a familiar concept in a lot of my video work. Uh, as, as if you're familiar with that, you'll no doubt know what I mean by having something that kind of just keeps keeps going. It ends where it begins. There's you know those points that may seamlessly interconnected, so it's just a thing, a motion that keeps cycling around. And this whole contemplation here that I've written about um, can be presented in a similar way. I, was, I had other sorts of bits of text that were kind of somewhat NLP. Uh, influence. I think I mentioned before in the century I did train as the NLP and hypnosis practitioner and there was a big chunk of my life where uh, I was particularly interested in those subjects. 
Um, so what, what, what is this amounting to? This is kind of a bit of, this is a bit of a taster really as to how some of the dialogue elements might play out in my long-term video project. Now there is another update on that. Um, I'm going to play in the next section of this, uh, the video that I made, which is very kind of, uh, thrown together a miracle that as much of it is there as there is, but it was extremely rushed nonetheless and technical constraints. Um, but is is a conceptual taster for a lot of the ideas and things that I'll be expanding upon in my long-term video. There's also another short-term video plan, which will be more of a very short video. It would be let under a minute, but it would be um, extremely dense is all I'm going to say about that for now. Uh, yeah, so that's all I'm going to say about this as well. Uh, just that there is, this is tapping into ideas, not just in terms of the ideas that are being spoken about, but the way in which it can be presented as just a continuous cycle of dialogue and what kind of effects that might have to the observer, the person experiencing it. Likewise, as much as as, as it would for you know abstract visual art medium that I've already demonstrated um, format of. So that's the text for this week, and that ends this chunk. Okay, we're recording again. Excellent. So this is this is the other formatted bit. I'm screen recording so I can refer to a few pieces here. As you can see, I have a clock here just to keep myself on a fairly tight schedule here. Um, I'm going to talk about portraiture very briefly. Actually, no, before I do that, um, on the off chance there's any word of mouth potential to this, I want to show these two videos for those who haven't seen because I'm Part of the the long term video project, I am after uh, people who can uh, be involved. Basically, people I'm thinking anyone particularly who can move in an interesting way. So it could be dancers, it could be uh, martial artists, uh, yoga practitioners of any or all of the above. Um, or people who, I, I don't know, can just, for instance, I've got, uh, this was a rotoscoped project a little, little while ago. And these to give a little taster as to kind of where I'm headed with using some silhouetted pieces uh, in a video. So this was just a simple one of someone cartwheeling, as you can see, uh, using a rotoscope drawn effect on Photoshop. And here, similar one, this is someone, uh, this was some experiments, early experiments with, uh, what do you call it, After Effects, and let's go full screen on this. Uh, someone just taken from a yoga video. But again, scratching on the surface of the kind of things technically I would like to be doing, but what I'm looking at, looking for, is having 
recording a few interesting movements uh, and there would be figures. Now there is kind of going to be a narrative to this video that I'm making, kind of a, an abstract story to it in a sense that would act in three parts. The first part very much kind of a contemplation of identity and inner um, thoughts and how they kind of reflect and contrast with incoming information and so there's there's a lot of a lot of potential I have in mind for using silhouetted figures moving around um, again if I could get one or two people I'm obviously I'm willing to offer something if you have trouble I just need to uh, get a, a good camera set up um, over a relatively blank background so like a white wall or something like that maybe even a green screen I'm not sure but you know if you're interested uh, get in touch and um, I can figure out all those logistics so that is that uh, portraiture so I'm going to show these very quickly I can paint portraits and the reason I'm talking about this today is because uh, it being a bit of a relative refresh recently um, in more ways than one and I've kind of been ruthless uh, trimming down non-essential financial things and, and just any kind of practical things that, that might get in the way but uh, I, I really do enjoy painting and portraiture and it kind of takes me down a different avenue um, to what I've typified my, and I'm not sure if that's a word, but let's pretend it is, my kind of trademark style or whatever you want to call it, what I sort of market myself as. There are some interesting parallels, I think, with my sketch work, sketching from figures and life and um, particularly life drawing when I get to do that, which I enjoy immensely. There's interesting kind of parallels with that and the quite contrasting fine line drawings that I do. Um, but I'm keen to do more portraiture, uh, something along those lines. It's difficult to warrant unless there's people who have particular interest in it though, or would be interested in a commission. And here's kind of me selling uh, my what makes my particular style of portraiture potentially unique in that respect so this was one I did a few years ago I want to talk about the kind of the methods that I've used that I discovered really that that worked for me in my process that I think is is quite a distinctive style and approach so we have here uh, started as a charcoal graphite type drawing, maybe some pencil. Very kind of uh, not so much visible here by the stage of this one now, but tentative kind of line drawing. So I have as a reference here. This was a sketch I did at Canterbury Cathedral a few week about a week ago. I was just working, supporting some students there on their college trip, and I was. This was a quick sketch of them sat drawing. Um, 
which I did, uh, and I um, I put here because I think it typifies the kind of very tentative, scribbly style of drawing that uh, used to be very typical of the kind of stuff I was always doing, particularly when I was I was at college doing the course at these uh, spooky looking. Um, vague, ghostly apparitions of students um, when I was doing the course they, they are now doing. Uh, yeah, and I think it, yeah, like I said, there's there's interesting parallels between that and my fine line abstract stuff that I can talk more about at some other point. Um, likewise, there was a drawing I found from my sketchbook, again, a bit more exaggerated there. This was on, a, on top of... Um, up, up, what's the name of that big hill in Edinburgh? Uh, Arthur's Seat, yeah. So anyway, some old ruins there. I have others that are more elaborate than that, but that's sort of a similar similar process to how what you're seeing here began. And then, so it starts very rough and loose and then work, working my way with kind of harder materials, darker materials to to get the basic sort of thing laid out um, and then it's a similar process working into it with the paint so then as you can see um, it is an oil painting but I don't use any black it is only white oil paint and linseed oil um, diluted in so all the blacks come from the mixture of the linseed oil um, over the top of the graphite and charcoal which is some just just a method that I hit upon that ended up working very well and this painting was the first one where I really uh, discovered that method and, and I think um, demonstrated its potential so yeah lots of diluted uh, thin layers of graphite uh, of, uh, of linseed oil and tiny bits of white paint and then as that builds up uh, again, a somewhat scribbly kind of process over the top of each bit uh, as you can see here to uh, working into it um, so working into it with the white really um, yeah, so then there's that one there. I think I'm doing those in order. Uh, and we have, yeah, this one, just filling it all out, as you can see. Um, focusing more on the skin contrast and the lighting there. And then um, ever so slightly stronger layers of white uh, over the top, but no black paint at all. Uh, here we go, working into the hair there as well, and there's a couple of other portraits I've done, this, this same sort of approach since this by the way, which you can see in abundance on my online outputs. Uh, there we go there, uh, work, starting to work into the hair, and yeah. And I think that was, was the final kind of outcome. As you can see there with the hair as well, typified 
putting a bit more kind of charcoal uh, linseed mixture in there and then working into the brighter parts with white. So yeah, whether it's whether it's portraiture or sketches or abstract art, maybe quite evident that I don't use colour that much. Um, reasons for that, uh, partly practical, partly conceptual. I can use colour and I think I can use it quite well. Um, ultimately at this point it's it's a matter of timing and I quite like the imitations to say myself as many imitations as possible. I do despite the kind of messy noisy world that I tend to depict in this sort of stuff likewise my abstract work I do crave minimalism I like simple things it's why I'm keeping my room and house a huge clear out this week this weekend and it's why I like quite blank mono natural muted colored clothing just make everything in my general surroundings as simple as possible as Harrison Ford okay uh, and all right I'll stop this section and then we'll have a quick look at this video and that'll be it for now all right we're back um, I have to confess, this is going over the half hour mark again. Uh, all I can say to that is that I will be mindful uh, of keeping it short, keeping it as concise as possible. And I believe one of the ways of doing that is to make these slightly more regular, particularly the amount of time that's passed since the last one. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to feel like I have to cram a load of stuff in because, because there's only limited times in the week, sometimes fortnight as it turns out, where I can actually do this. But no, they'll, they'll be shorter and they'll be more frequent and that will continue to progress in that manner. So... <clears throat> The video uh, that was made for the Smuggler Showreel, I'm going to play that at the end of this and then I can talk about that next time. So, just going to throw in a few key points about the video. Everything else is up to the observer to decide for themselves. Um, so, some key points I'll be unpacking next week about that. Keywords, binaries, digital physics, stroke philosophy, um, approximations, the implications of the uh, of sound frequencies that relates back to musical experiments I did a few years back that I've been revisiting. Okay, so that's so long. I'm going to say for that, and I will play that in a moment. So key points from this week and this entry one, uh, I'm looking for people who'd be interested in taking part of my video, people who move around in some interesting way or another, like I said, uh, or even just anyone who's up for an interesting challenge to see what happens. 
please get in touch. Uh, happy to negotiate something there. Second point, that there is another very short video in the works that will be ready soon, sooner than the long-term one that I've talked about and referred to. Uh, and three, I am available for portraiture and other such commissions. I'm open for some new challenges there. And uh, you have to pay the bills as well. So really, um, any, any kind of commissions or instruction-based projects, I you know I, I do genuinely enjoy working with those. Um, and you know, I think I've talked enough about those and what I believe I can offer there. So next week or next entry, whenever the hell that is, it might be tomorrow, uh, I'll be talking about, one, I'm going to be referring back to the smugglers feeling, which I just said, and unpacking those points I mentioned. That's coming in a moment. Secondly, uh, more uh, more about the short video that I mentioned, the short condensed one. Um, and I've got have a few more things to say. I may even have that video finished by then. Uh, who knows? Um, other complementary subjects I'm seeking more qualified knowledge in that I want to brush up on, uh, touch upon in the next entry. Uh, these are complementary su uh, subjects, courses and things I'm revisiting in the next few months to half a year relating to mental and physical health. And also uh, points that are very relevant to communication. And that is a big word in all this endeavour. Three, point three, a point I want to highlight about some social media trends I feel obliged to acknowledge, um, given my thoughts in its relation to NVC, non-violent communication and essentially fleshing out the kind of communication methodology that has the most long-term value. I think that's particularly uh, worth highlighting given recent things that I've noticed on social media that's kind of not great. Um, so that's it. Uh, all I'm going to do now is elect a tune I would like to rec recommend as normal and then that video will play. So the tune I'm suggesting is uh, it's called Asteroid Chase I believe or Asteroid Field. It is by the famous film composer John Williams from The Empire Strikes Back, the reason why I've chosen that particularly this week. Last Sunday we went to see the Empire Strikes Back live with a orchestra playing screened at Royal Albert Hall. They're great events. They do a bunch of them for different films every year. It's a similar kind of setup. Uh, worth checking out. Uh, John Williams, I adore. Star Wars, I adore. It's interesting because those are things that um, <laughs> they're one of the few mainstream things that I really love with that kind of intensity uh, f 
for reasons I'll no doubt probably go into another time. Uh, and I'm happy to debate and have those points challenged if people feel the inclination to. So that's the closing tune. And this is me closing out. The video will commence. Do you think that uh, the idea of a digital and analog universe are just two different ways of, of uh, uh, describing the universe, or can one actually uh, uh, explain the other? One has to say that one is less powerful than the other because the analog universe in principle would be more powerful because it's using all these real numbers, most of which are not computable by a digital computer. So the idea of digital physics is really that all these non-computable real numbers don't even exist. They are just a model that we use to explain the true nature of the universe in a, in a compact uh, form useful for certain applications but not for everything and that the true nature of the universe is indeed digital that we have smallest space smallest time and that there's nothing that you cannot compute and at the moment there is no evidence against that possibility no evidence against it Ed. we really should go back to the atomic theory uh, at one time people thought oh Liquids are continuous, gas is continuous, there were gas laws that looked like it was continuous, but they discovered it was atomic. And throughout history, history of science, there have been one after another phenomenon that started out thought of as continuous and then turned into, uh, with further investigation, to be discrete. So electricity was thought of as a continuous fluid, but then they discovered the electron. So uh, forces of various kinds were thought to be continuous, but then they discovered that every force is caused by a particle, a boson, such as a photon. And so uh, there's been a long history back to Democritus in ancient Greek, Greece, who hypothesized that maybe matter was made out of atoms. So really what we're talking about is carrying the atomic theory to an extreme where we include space and time. And physics has already made a great deal of project towards the idea of things being discrete instead of continuous. Would you agree with that, Seth, that the, the history of science moving from continuous phenomena to discrete sort of particle-based phenomena leads us to an inescapable conclusion that reality is essentially digital? Uh, uh, maybe not quite, because in fact, uh, so I, I agree with everything that Ed said. Uh, but I'm not going to let you lead me on into uh, saying that it leads us to the conclusion things are digital, because at bottom things are quantum mechanical. Quantum mechanical things are both digital, there's only a discrete number of states that you can have, electron can be here or there, but it also has this funky continuous aspect as well, an analog aspect if you like. The electron can be in some sense here and there at the same time, so the wave for the electron can be in both places simultaneously. So we've gone, gone from continuous to digital, and then we've also discovered continuous again at the most fundamental levels. What does computation mean in this model? In other words, what event in the universe of a star exploding, um, a chemical reaction, 
uh, how does that, uh, how, how is that better described or what insights do we gain by referring to those processes as computations in some way? If you look at a computer screen, <clears throat> you can see a movie and it looks continuous. But uh, if you look closely, you'll see there's little pixels on the screen. And so what this model is describing is the idea that out of little, very microscopic pixels like, you produce the illusion of things being continuous. So uh, that's the kind of analogy that I think you know, almost everyone knows. Inside the computer, there's uh, the images you see when you're watching something in motion on the screen are actually a discrete number of things, like in a movie theater where you get one frame and another frame and another. It looks continuous, but it's not. So the fact that something appears continuous is not really strong evidence that it is continuous. 